And now, coming to you from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting throughout the multiverse, the Nine Realms, Niflheim, Svartalfheim, Olympus, Nidaveller, basically anywhere that has the internet, really, we proudly present Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody, and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 215 of the Only Thor podcast, hosted by a true descendant of Odin. My name is Tom Harris, and I'm your host. Welcome along to the show as we come at you, as we always do, from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. And I forgot to add that we're a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. So (laughs) there you go. Hope everybody out there had a great Halloween. Now, I don't usually do much for Halloween. I live in an apartment building and the kids can't get in. So I don't, you know, we don't get trick-or-treaters as such. And I didn't really do a hell of a lot. And even though we had a kind of a, a nice Sunday, Halloween itself was rainy and, and kind of, yeah, kind of a typical fall rainy day. But, you know, I have to say, you know, weather-wise, it's, it's been really good. So I can't complain too much. I didn't want to go to work today. I tell you right now, the temperatures in the mid-60s, I wanted to be outside and, and trying to get out more and more. And I try every weekend and, and walk. That's that's my thing now is, is trying to get out and walk uh, 10, you know, 10 miles, 12 miles. So, yeah, that's kind of what I'm up to. Uh, before we get started, I do have a couple of shout-outs here. After all, in the last couple of weeks, we've had not one, not two, but three new people follow us on Podbean. So we have a well, warm welcome along to Santia Kobo, Tim Gurch, and Chick Wrestler 2008, who are now following us on Podbean. And of course, if you follow us there, I'm going to follow you back, whether you like it or not. <laughs> and uh, I don't really know about anything about any of these folks. So welcome along and you know, feel free to chime in as you wish. I'm kind of curious about, about Chick Wrestler because I, I want to believe that this is a woman who wrestles that I don't know. Um, yeah, it's confusing. It could mean anything, I guess. Anyway, so uh, welcome along, folks. And, uh, you know, feel free to make yourself at home here. And we also have a new member of the Radio Free Asgard Facebook group. So very warm welcome along to, I believe it's Kyle Beaver. So welcome along to the uh, Facebook group. And again, feel free to chime in and join the conversations. And I and, uh, hope you enjoy your time here with us. All right, so I don't really have a whole lot else to cover. Now, as I speak here, a new announcement coming up, a new Star Trek series coming on CBS, uh, not too distant future, and it kind of sucks that you have to pay for their special channel or whatever to get it, but I'm sure it'll be out on DVD eventually and I'll see it. (laughs) I still haven't seen Enterprise, folks, so... Uh, yeah, that's how much uh, TV I watch. But anyway, uh, yeah, so I can imagine people are getting pretty excited. I would point out, though, that it's, you know, the people who are producing this are the same people who did the uh, the modern reboot movies. So I don't know. I, I'm not expecting it to be brilliant, but yeah, I guess we'll see. Anyway, so uh, we do have an issue of Thor to cover. So let's go ahead and move along to our review. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You'll behold in breathless wonder, the god of thunder, mighty Thor. 
And this week we are looking at Thor number 184. Cover date is January 1971, retailed for 15 cents. Cover art is by John Buscema, looks like it's inked by Sinnott here. And we have a, an image of a giant, a very uh, large John Buscema looking rock giant. For, I don't know what it is. It's, it's one of his giants. And, you know, you, you know, these Buscema giants, when you see him, he does a lot of them. And they, you know, they're very, very distinct from like a Kirby giant or a Sal Buscema giant for that matter. But anyway, so it's uh, this giant and he's got a big axe and he's got his axe raised over his head. It looks like he's going to chop Thor in half. Thor is sort of standing in front of him, leaning backward at a really awkward angle because somebody has grabbed his hammer and the the person who's grabbed his hammer is this dude in armor and it's uh it looks almost like the juggernaut's costume and his headpiece looks a little bit like black bolt's headpiece <laughs> it's it's kind of kind of a strange uh, thing and this guy has an axe too but anyway he's grabbed the handle of mjolnir and he's pulling thor backward and thor is going back and it looks like the giant's going to chop him in half and it says is this the way the world will end? Well, I don't know if Thor being chopped in half ends the world, and I guess it is. Introducing the sensational Silent One, and I'm, I'm gathering that the Silent One is this dude in armor who is grabbing Mjolnir and pulling Thor back. And there's somebody else looks like laying on the ground here uh, next to Thor. Anyway, we open up to the splash page where the title of the story, The World Beyond. Introducing the mysterious Silent One. And our first mention of... The Unmentionable. Well, if he's unmentionable, then why are you mentioning him? Anyway, uh, the writer was Stan Lee. John Buscema did the art. Joe Sinnott was the inker. And Art Simek was the letterer. Splash page shows Thor stalking through the halls of Asgard, heading towards, I guess, the throne room. And there's the got a ghostly image of Odin's head above him and or it's a statue I'm not really sure what actually it could be it looks like it could be a statue Thor has got his hammer tucked into his belt and we have a little caption here behold the figure of a warrior rippling with strength throbbing with power grim visaged and proud behold the rightful son and heir of almighty Odin behold our hero Thor the god of thunder and as Thor often does, he's talking to himself out loud. Imperial Odin hath summoned me, for dread danger doth threaten the realm. And as I be prince of the realm, as I be flesh of his flesh, when the All-Father commands, the Thunder God obeys. And he continues his talking as he is walking through, through Asgard. Where I look, all men's eyes are turned fearfully skyward. And he's walking by a couple guys who are, their eyes are turned fearfully skyward. Ne'er have I beheld such abject terror on Asgardian faces. And there's a group of four guys, and they're, they're all staring off into the sky for no apparent reason. One of the guys says, Each heartbeat brings the danger still closer, and there is none, none to stop it. And Thor's talking to one of them. What dire menace doth hang like a cloud o'er the realm eternal? The thunder god. Oh, the pity that thou hast returned too late. Too late for what, demands Thor. And they don't answer him. They're kind of whispering amongst themselves. And Thor turns away, thinking to himself, "'Tis of no avail. Their tongues are so numbed by fear that they can barely speak. But Regal Odin shall provide the answer. And he arrives in Odin's throne room, and Odin is sitting on his throne, and he's got his hand over his face, doing this whole woe-is-me facepalm kind of thing. And one of the vizier people is there, there doth he sit in the chamber royal, thinks Thor. And he says out loud, Father, thou too? Thou too art engulfed by deepest despair. 
At last thou art here, my son. Approach thee the presence, and prepare thine ears for tidings most grim. All homage to thee, most noble sire. Whatever the danger, I pledge thee my strength, my heart, my very life. And Thor kneels in front of Odin, and Odin's like, Unbend thy knee, my son, and give ear to my words. And we get a close-up of Odin here in his uh, very gaudy purple, green, and blue armor. We be faced by a power such as none have ever known before. And that's emphasized by the fact that the, the word balloon is colored yellow. A power which doth seem to exceed my very own, says Odin. A power from the world beyond which comes ever closer and closer. And he's pointing out into space, and you see the vizier in the background doing something with a fire. It's like a, a barbecue on wheels or something he's wheeling in. <laughs> it does look like it's on casters, like a sofa, so it's really interesting. The world beyond, says Thor. Tis not the first time I hear that name, but in truth I know not what it doth portend. Vizier, bring thee forth the enchanted coals of the cosmos. The time is come to conjure an illusion. What Odin doth decree must evermore be, he rhymes. I hear and obey, my lord. And he's wheeled the barbecue up to Odin. And it turns out to be one of his, you know, cosmic voyeuroscopes, except with a fire. And he summons up this image in the smoke of, looks like, space. Now by my command, let the universe appear. And the vizier's cast in some kind of hoodoo here. Odin hath spoken, let his words come to life. And we see the image of space and appearing, and, and Thor's just kind of in the middle of this. Father, the mists and the smoke do engulf us. So be it, the illusion hath begun. Tis the enchantment of the cosmic coals, making thee and me and the universe one. Now stand we in spirit, where none have stood before. And the two of them are just kind of standing in the middle of Kirby space. And, you know, like, like typical Kirby space, there's clouds and comets and planets. And, yeah, you know, it's very, uh, very Kirby spacey. And there's this giant, like, hand-shaped black Kirby crackle thing that's kind of stretching across the sky, just solid black. And Thor says, My liege, mine eyes behold a place where no worlds exist. Tis as though a giant hand hath torn away the fabric of the universe. Aye, my son. And it doth come from the world beyond. Dun, dun, dun. Slowly but unceasingly, the planets which spin at the outermost end of the universe have vanished one by one. And so the world beyond comes closer, closer. And you get a close-up here of Thor making this really weird face. <laughs> I, <can't. laughs> I mean, it looks like he's angry and horrified at the same time. And it's just, it's just a really... Really odd face for him to be making. If it be unchecked, twill mean the end of all life. The end of the universe itself, says Thor. Naught will remain. Not even the memory of the glory of Asgard. Why stand we here, demands Thor. We must act. We must fight. And Odin is saying, Fight? Fight whom? Fight where? Whilst thou wert gone, I did dispatch Hogan Fandral and the voluminous Volstog to probe the grim secret of the world beyond. Oh my... And it shows uh, what, what went on before, and it shows that uh, the three of them are going flying off, and the uh, yeah, kind of Odin's enchanted bubble thing that he sends people around in. Three of Asgard's finest, 
boldest, most daring. I and three who were never to return. Though never is just kind of subjective. Father, my blood doth boil. They must be avenged. So monstrous a deed must be, can only be, the doing of gigantic galactus. And Odin is really angry. He's like, Hast thou forgotten thou speakest to Odin the Allwise? Thinkest thou that I, who am the power and the will and the way, I would not have found Galactus or any other thou hast known? Even as we speak, Galactus doth lie in sated repose, his deadly appetite abated for many months to come. And we actually get a shot here of, of Galactus in his short sleeve uh, outfit laying on some mountainside somewhere, just kind of laying there like a lump. Whilst the monstrous Mangog is no more, living only in the memory of a billion, billion beings. And yeah, so that obviously he's not the bad guy. What then of Loki, father? What of the merciless prince of evil? And we see Loki and there's another world and he's using his magic to keep dinosaurs from eating him. Loki too remains upon the primitive world wherein he pays the penalty for his past treasons and base betrayal. In truth, there be none known to Odin, none in all the vast universe upon which to point the regal finger of suspicion. Most honored sire, if I be impertinent, I beg thine imperial forgiveness, but still must I ask... Can there be a world, a menace, unknown even to thee? Alas, there be one, hidden deep within, the world beyond, one which threatens to destroy the universe entire. Then Earth as well will be no more. Earth, forever held dear within the heart of Thor, though it house greed and violence, hatred and wrath, it must not perish. For neath the misery and fear there be much good, there be a spark which must not die. And we have a, an image here of a little black kid crying. And we have somebody who looks like they're robbing a bank, shooting a gun at, at a tank from the looks of it, which I, that, a lot of good that's going to do, right? Uh, and then we have police tear gassing a crowd of people. and I, I, Obviously, it's just meant to mean civil unrest or whatever. Anyway, Earth, tis but a trickle in the swirling sea of life. Even as we speak, a universe totters. Well, I take exception to that. Maybe we'll talk about that at the end. Then send me hence, says Thor, with hammer in hand. Wait, there still be more, says Odin. Many are the omens which have troubled my heart. Omens of death. Aye, and even worse. But surely thou canst banish omens with but a random thought. Not an omen such as this, my son. And they come into the chamber where the Odin sword is. And remember, the Odin sword is this giant sword. And it's sitting in one of these rooms near Odin's uh, chambers. And if, if the legend goes, if you draw the sword, the universe dies. And they, they go into the chamber. And we can see that the, uh, the sword is actually partially out of, its, out of its scabbard. The fabled floating Odin sword. Behold yon scabbard. See how the giant blade doth strain, as though trying to unsheathe itself. Each fateful day I find it thus. Each fateful day I sheathe it anew. And, he, and Odin goes up and he, he pushes the sword back into the scabbard. But the legend, sire. What of the legend? If the blade be drawn, the universe ends. But still, thou hast heard only part. There be a single word which haunts me night and day. A word that doth surely hold the secret that I seek, if I could but fathom it. The word, infinity. It doth echo in my brain, haunting, taunting, mocking me. And yet, the answer 
doth ever elude me. Only the fateful word remains. And we see Odin kind of putting his hands over his ears and the word infinity echoing over and over and over again. And Thor again gets down on his knee and, and he's uh, like, looks like he's kissing Odin's hand or something. No longer shalt thou bear such a burden alone, sire. Thor shall not rest until all be put right. Ne'er hast thou failed me, O most dutiful son. And all of a sudden, Thor notices somebody standing uh, nearby, and he's like, Sire, in the shadows stands a stranger. Mayhap he be a spy. So has he stood, day after day, night after night, soundless, wordless, the silent one. And this guy looks nothing like the guy in the cover, so I don't know, but this guy is, uh, he's, uh, it's like skinny, old guy with a wrinkly face and got a blunked out eyes and he is wearing a helmet skull cap sort of thing that looks like it might be riveted to his head and it's kind of you know old creepy looking guy very uh very unusual i mean he's not definitely not a kirby type of character i have permitted his presence says odin for i sense that he holds the key to what doth befall thus i await the moment when the silent one shall speak. And Thor goes rushing forward, ready to strike, as usual. And thou shalt wait no longer, says Thor. The hammer of Thor shall find him his voice. And he rushes forward, but he gets bounced back but without even uh, hitting him. What wizardry hath been unleashed? An unseen force doth hurl me back, because Thor has to speak the obvious. And he falls down the ground. Blood of my blood, thou art too rash. Think you to triumph where Odin hath failed? Forgive me, sire, but I be young where thou art old. I be aflame with passion where thou art weary. And most of all, I be thy son. I be the god of thunder. And he hurls Mjolnir at the silent one, but it just passes through him. And he, it does get a reaction. And the, the silent one kind of waves his hands and the Mjolnir passes through, returns to Thor's hand. But age hath wisdom where youth hath strength. Thou canst not harm the silent one, says Odin. Regain thine hammer and curb thy wrath, for Odin still commands. The power to slay yon silent one is mine alone. But I choose to wait, to brood, to seek the answer in mine own imperial way. And now there be no more to tell. I leave thee in my place, my son whilst I go forth to probe the world beyond. Oh, my father, no, I say thee nay. Tis thou who art the be-all and the end-all. If there be danger, tis Thor who must go forth. What? Darest thou question the will of Odin? When the All-Father speaks, there be none to tell him nay. And, and Odin gestures threateningly, and there's a, like a energy crackle coming off his hand, and it, it's enough to make Thor cower. And he's glowing this uh, purple Kirby crackle smoke kind of thing. And it actually, it's, it's not pure Kirby crackle, but it has that kind of feel to it. And it actually kind of has a really cool feel of its own. So I kind of like what they're doing here. Remain, my son, and guard the realm. I go where I have never gone to behold what I have never seen. And if I fall, then thou shalt follow after me. I go to save a universe from the world beyond. And he disappears in this giant purple whirlpool as Thor just kind of cowers there. And the silent one decides it's going to follow Odin into his giant purple flaming vortex thing. The silent one, he seeks to follow Odin. 
And we hear Odin's voice from inside the portal. Keep thy distance, Thunder God. Let him go wherever he wilt, for tis he who holds the key. And the silent one goes into the purple swirling portal thingy. And Thor is kind of still guarding himself against this energy. It's like it's like it's really hot or bright or something. By Asgard's gleaming golden gate, says Thor. I pray my father hath not lost his senses. As he says that, the uh, the portal flame thing just kind of takes off like a comet off into space. And Thor is laying there on the floor like it knocked him over. He dares invade the unknown world beyond in the company of the Silent One, whose power and purpose are known to none, while I, his son, a warrior born, must stay behind. Ne'er hath there been a riddle such as this, the loss of planets, the dreaded Odin sword, the Silent One, o'ershattering all, the mystery of the world beyond. How many times can they say the world beyond in this comic book? <laughs> How can I wait whilst all may be lost out there? And we then shift scenes to a, a mysterious primitive world where is trapped the evil Loki, who was trapped there apparently after the last time we saw him when he took over Thor's mind and he uh, became you know, copy of Thor and was threatening the United Nations and all that stuff. And Loki is sitting here in a rock in a cave and, you know, this Kirby space kind of behind him and there's these weird goopy monsters and stuff. And he's he's kind of soliloquizing, which is, again, what Loki does. As long as Odin remains in Asgard, I am doomed to exile. But if ever the realm should be abandoned, if Odin should depart... Then could Loki swiftly return to exact his terrible vengeance. But wait, what is that? A vapor trail of cosmic force. And it's the, the big fireball that, that Odin is inside with the, the silent one, and they're off going off to uh, the world beyond. Tis Odin streaking towards the far beyond. My prayers are answered. He hath left the realm. Now can Loki strike. Farewell to exile. Farewell to endless planning. Once more, the god of evil can claim his rightful heritage. And he casts his big spell, and there's a big zatoom, and we see Loki taken off from this planet. And he's transporting himself not to Asgard, but to somewhere else. This time, not even Thor must foil my plans. This time, Loki will have invincible allies. Thus do I enter the land of... The Storm Giants. And so we see giants here very much like the one we saw on the cover. And Loki just kind of teleports into the middle of all of them. And the giants are surrounding him and they grab him up. You found an Asgardian. Slay him. Slay him. Stop. I am Loki. Do you not remember? I am your ally. It is the evil godling. The time is come to conquer Asgard, and I am here to lead you. But what of the accursed Odin? Odin is gone. We have nothing to fear. Onward! Death to Asgard! The realm eternal will fall at last. And all the giants are kind of barreling towards Asgard. And we shift scenes again, and we are, of course, back in the realm eternal. And Thor is hanging out with some blacksmiths, and it looks like one of them has just made a sword, and there's another one hammering on another sword in the background. And the blacksmith is saying, Not even steel can save us from the world beyond. Thou must have faith in lordly Odin, says Thor. But stay, 
a runner doth approach. And you see a, a runner has arrived and he's, uh, he's dressed like a typical Bisama Asgardian. He's got a horned helmet and a shield and looks a little bit tattered, like, like he's been to fight. The traitorous Loki hath returned, beating a horde of trolls and giants. But that is not the worst of it. He hath captured valiant Balder and doth hold him as a hostage. If you dare challenge them, his life shall be the forfeit. Oh, most unspeakable villainy, says Thor, looking very angry indeed. My merciless brother doth stab in the realm in the hour of our greatest peril. But Loki shall not go unpunished. And Thor takes off, and he's flying across Asgard, and he sees this big, huge army of trolls and giants and Loki standing in the front, kind of leading them. I see him now, with trolls and giants assembled. Come now, closer, brother, says Loki, lest the captive Balder die. Where is he? I would behold my noble friend. We seized him while he slept, ere he could draw his blade. And they do, in fact, have him trapped. They've tied him to a telephone pole, and the, you got three troll giant people kind of holding it, and Balder's just uh, helplessly standing there, kind of tied to the thing. Now, brother, hear my terms. I say thee nay, base villain. Mighty Mjolnir shall set him free. You cannot threaten us, Asgardian, says one of the giants. I'll cleave you like a worm. And he raises his axe above his head, and he hammers down onto Thor with it. But Thor stops it with Mjolnir and, and giant Batyoing, which is the sound effect here. Four Asgards, shouts Thor. And he smashes the giant with his hammer. And uh, one of the other uh, villains here says, The giant has fallen. Let the trolls attack. And they go uh, running in with their axes. And they're, they're all kind of dogpiling on Thor. But, you know, he's Thor. So, hurry, hurry. Here his hammer can return to him. Even his fists are mightier than our stone cudgels. But we are many and he is one. Crush him. Crush him! I shall be one no longer, for Mjolnir hurtles to my side, shouts Thor. And Mjolnir's kind of smashing through this whole big crowd of, of trolls that are, that are surrounding him. Truly it hath been decreed, we ne'er must be asunder. And Mjolnir returns to Thor's hand, and it sends all the uh, giants and trolls flying. Back! Back! He has his hammer in hand! He's invincible! And knocks all, all the uh, all these guys down. And Thor's looking for Balder. Balder! Balder! Where art thou? If they hath dared harm thee. I am unharmed, says the voice. But save thyself. The odds be too great. Who speaks of odds where there be wrongs to right, says Thor. I shall reach thee, Balder. No man shall bar the way. And he's kind of wrecking his way through all these uh, trolls and giants. And a, uh, another sword hath arrived, and we know that it's a girl because it has a pink hilt, and that's totally sexist. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, we, we, we know who it must be. It's got to be Sif. Another sword hath joined the fray, says Thor. And it is Sif, and she's wearing a, uh, a different outfit from what we've seen her in before. And it, it's still that sort of pink, but it's no longer that pink leotard that, that you know, Kirby drew her in. And she's got a different hairdo as well. Now, the hairdo is kind of Norn Queenish, not so much Sifish, but it's interesting. It's kind of almost heart shaped. And yeah, it's, it's a different look for Sif, and, and not altogether unsuccessful, anyway. Onward, my prince, says Sif. 
Where my beloved sallies forth, let his lady Sif be at his side. And the trolls are like, seize her. We will have the fairest hostage of all. And they try grabbing her, and there's a you know, troll holding her, one of her arms, and the other's holding her legs, and they're trying to carry her away. She struggles like a warrior born, says one of them. Whilst life remains, no hostage shall I be. My lady, they dare to strike at thee, says Thor, and he he's kind of can't do much to help because he's, he's covered in trolls. But they shall strike no longer. And he does this weird leap sort of thing, and the uh, trolls go flying off in every direction, and Thor grabs Sif and, and flies off. What abject madness to battle so, whilst the universe be threatened. But wait, my love, says Sif, thou hast forgot brave Balder. Forgot him? Nay, thy safety was my first concern. And she, uh, he leaves Sif on the top of a, a wall, and then goes leaping down in a really, really awkward pose as far as anatomy goes i don't think that this pose is actually possible <laughs> it's it's really awkward <laughs> but no i strike for balder says thor and he awkwardly leaps down into battle and he smashes the, the like this big huge rock and these big chunks of rock are taking out all the uh, trolls and giants and knocking them all down tis done the foe is vanquished says thor so basically thor's just defeated this entire big army with of loki's all by himself and Baldur, too, is safe once more, and he, he uh, grabs the log that Baldur is tied to and just carries the Baldur, log and all, up to the top of the wall where he left Sif. But evil Loki hath escaped. Rage not so, my lord. I beg thee, begs Sif. I love thee most when, despite thy strength, thou art most truly gentle. Alas, fair Sif, at such a time gentleness ill becomes a warrior. And yet none but thee can calm the fury in my soul. And we have the uh, the panel here, Manuel Carmona, if you're listening. Uh, of course you are. That's on your lamp. Remember, you're talking about the uh, the lamp you bought with this uh, image of Thor smooching Sif? Well, this is the panel right here. Thy tender lips, like purest nectar. But wait, the spirit of Odin doth appear. And he sees still smooching Sif, but he's, his eyes go wide as he sees the, the ghostly form of Odin appear. Signifying danger beyond belief. Thunder God, heed my words, says ghostly Odin. The world beyond comes ever closer. Thou must. No, stay back, stay back. I dare not stay, but remember well. Infinity. And it looks like he's shooting magic bolts at some unseen enemy. And then the image of Odin is gone. He seeks to stave off some unseen foe, shouts Thor. The spirit hath faded. My liege is gone. Naught remains, save the haunting word, infinity. My course is clear. I must fly to Odin. But think, my prince, says Sif, if he, the Allfather, with power beyond measure cannot prevail, what hope can there be for thee, his son? Know thou, my lady, hope springs ever eternal. As for Thor, there be no choice. Go I must, because I am his son. Next issue... Infinity. And we, of course, will have a few words about this issue, as we always do. But first, we're going to have a, uh, a promo. Here at Quark's, customer satisfaction is our primary concern. I'd say we just found our way into a wormhole. I'm Kira Norris. Lieutenant Commander Worf, reporting for duty, sir. You're the best crew any captain ever had. 
This may be the last time we're all together. This will shortly become a leading center of commerce and of scientific exploration. Starfleet, one of our most important posts. It is quite simply, Commander. The journey you have always been destined to take. Sensors are not functioning. We've lost all contact with the space station. What the hell is happening out there? Shields up. Damage report. Battle stations. I'm Captain Benjamin Sisko. Welcome to Deep Space Nine. Listen to the prophets. A Deep Space Nine Two True Freaks presentation. Sean Engel and Andrew Layla. And now with 100% more Paul Spataro. And we're back. And of course, we have a few things to say about Thor 184. First, I want to talk about the art a little bit because I think here is where we actually finally start to see John Buscema come into his own. Now, there are some, some places here where he isn't trying to ape Kirby. He actually, you know, there's, there's some places where he's very definitely trying to draw like Kirby, but most of it he's not. And it actually works. We have a lot of facial expressions. We have a lot of really dynamic fighting and so forth. And done in a very Buscema-ish style and not a very Kirby-ish style. I think it is kind of goes without saying. John Buscema was not a superhero artist. He didn't like doing doing superhero books. But something like this is really his bread and butter. We got people fighting with swords. We got fantasy castles. We got outer space. You know, that's the kind of thing he excelled at. And I mean, that's why he did so well in Conan for so long, you know, because you've got you know, a lot of physical action, the sword fighting and so forth. And you've got a lot of that in this issue too. We've got Loki here looking really ugly and really evil. You know, Busema draws Loki uglier than anybody else I can imagine. Now I understand why he does that. It, it kind of takes the, yeah, I don't know. It, it's very different from how Loki is portrayed nowadays as a very good looking person. And, and back then he, would, he had this hooked nose and it, you know, big teeth and it always had this really evil sneer. And, and so that's how Loki is being portrayed here. And yeah, and he'll be continue to be portrayed that way i think all the way up into the simonson run pretty much yeah but the art basically is really good and and actually i think a lot more sophisticated in a lot of ways than what kirby was doing before him uh writing okay yeah i mean it's it's workmanlike it's it's obviously not stan at his best and the story at this point doesn't make a lot of sense because right now we're just having this mystery of the world beyond being dangled in front of our face and really not a lot of information coming. So we've got basically this whole mystery of the world beyond and Odin deciding to take it on himself and then when he leaves Loki and the giants attacking. And you would think that a giant army such as Loki brought would take more than let's see, two, three, four four pages for <laughs> for this entire army to be vanquished. I mean, nowadays it would be you know, at least a six-issue limited series. Now, I do have one nitpick about this, and I, I mentioned it earlier, and I said we might come back to this, and that is how Odin kind of says that, that Earth is just a, a trivial thing. He really downplays the importance of Earth. Dude, Midgard is one of the nine realms. It's It's a pretty damn big deal, and I think that you know, that's something that Stan is completely forgetting about here. Now, granted, at this point in Thor's history, the Nine Realms is not an important concept. But as as it happens, you know, much, as we get into later stuff, especially in the more modern stuff, Earth does have kind of an exalted place in Norse cosmology, if you think about it. 
it, it is what it is. It is a, a early Bronze Age book, and we've got a lot of excitement going on. I, I think the coloring is actually one of the standouts in this issue. We've got a lot of various uh, you know, coloring tricks being used, a lot of purples and light blues and oranges. And it's not all these bright, garish colors like we used to see in the Lee Kirby era. There, there's actually some interesting things going on with the coloring that we really haven't seen before. And I think this is the era where we really start to seeing the comics looking better and better and, you know, color combinations coming out that, that just weren't used before. Anyway, yeah, so that's about it for this week, folks. You know, once again, thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And, of course, if you want to email the show, you can do so. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Radio Free Asgard, and I, you know, shout out every once in a while over there. And, of course, you can join the Facebook group. Just look for Radio Free Asgard on Facebook, and you will find us. And with that, I am off to the world beyond. Well, no, not really. I'm actually just back back to my home studio, back across the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard. And we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. You have been listening to Radio Free Asgard, a production of Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The Mighty Thor and all associated characters are mostly copyright Marvel Comics. The stories presented are done so for educational, review, and entertainment purposes only. No ownership is implied. The silly voices, however, well, they're all me. Musical selections from Eden, the Invincible Sword of the Elfsmith, are copyright Mott's Vent and are used with permission. If you like what you've heard on the show, we hope you'll leave us a review on iTunes, tell your friends, or even join our Facebook group. We really love hearing from our listeners, and we appreciate all of your support. Thanks once again very much for listening to Radio Free Asgard.